digital technologies and on-demand experiences are transforming all industries. In dentistry, we have gone digital inside the clinic. Now it's time to expand virtually beyond the clinic to impact and reach more patients than ever before. In this podcast, we discuss the mindset, tools, and strategies you can implement to grow your practice, work more flexibly, and offer your patients the best options digital dental care brings. I'm Dr. Alok Shukla, and welcome to Beyond the Clinic. Hi, Alok. Hey, Alessandro. How are you? Good. Can you hear me? I can hear you good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. I installed a microphone that uh, we have better sound quality. Ah, nice. Excellent. <laughs> so you're perfect. Um, so yes. So just what I thought would be good is you have a lot of experience in the practical ap- application of photography in terms of increasing case acceptance, communication. You were also doing coaching, well, you do coaching for dentists on how to use photography. But I thought if we go deeper into potentially the, the case acceptance, patient communication, is that that's the area you're happy with discussing today, basically? Yes, yes. Whatever you might wondering about or <laughs> want to dive deeper, I'm uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to help and ready to discuss with you. It's always a but, pleasure. No, pleasure. Because, because also like, because you wanted to, potentially offer more coaching. That's what you're trying to do, isn't it, right? Yes, because so far I see, in especially in the dental community, a fear. I, I, it's really a fear or uncertainty if they should go for a coaching. I remember also my days, I did, uh, I did a lot of uh, trainings in my dental office. So if you do hands-on trainings, a lot of dentists, they don't want to show that they have any weakness. Yes. So if uh, they, they struggle getting help they they think oh i i will find out myself rather than uh, uh, getting some professional help spending at the end much more time much more money because they lose money it's exactly. like you should never sit there for 24 hours trying to fix your computer this is something everybody of us has done so the whole weekend your computer crashes you're sitting there no, I get spending it. I hours get it. and hours and hours and hours fixing it yourself rather than saying okay now let's enjoy the weekend i get my computer to a specialist on monday morning while i'm working in my office not losing too much time and so this is something that i see and i feel in the dental community they are interested in getting further taking the next step but then when it comes to really doing it a lot of people have problems and especially the dental community has problems getting out of their comfort zone cool cool so so, so alessandro i've got a structure now so yes basically we can start with a little bit about your background and professional experience both from your practice and also from like journal and things like that right yeah and we can move into photography and, and talking specifically how that can impact doing more cosmetic, more comprehensive dentistry in your practice and the communication element of it, right? Then we'll talk a bit more about like case acceptance and things like that within that. Then I thought would be a nice transition is the mindset of the top dentist, because you've come across many top dentists and and work in your thing. And you can see like, and that gives a nice way to talk about coaching, learning and, and openness to new skill acquisition. And then we yeah. can kind of finish on like how your community is there and stuff like that. Basically. Yeah, super. Right. So my plan is about 30 minutes, basically, right? So yeah. keep it yeah, yeah. Nice focused. Well, Alessandro, very great to see you again. And thank you for joining me today. Really looking forward to our conversation on photography, case acceptance, and, you know, really the, the secrets of top dentists and how to, you know, grow your practice and 
help your patients more really, isn't it? Right. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your background and um, some of the experiences you've seen up until, up until this date? So basically, uh, everybody or many of you know, I'm a Swiss dentist with passion for digital technologies. It started back in the 80s where I was a student and I was one of the first uh, patients getting a CEREC restoration. So CEREC, a CAT CAM system, everybody knows out there. So in 86, I received five inlays. They are still in my mouth. And it was the day and I was always a computer freak. So in the 70s, I bought my first Casio LCD watch, which, by the way, is getting now a huge revival. So you can buy the Casio vintage watches and, uh, and uh, people are wearing them from the 70s. And it started then also in my dental office. I immediately started not only using CAD CAM technologies, but also photography. Yeah. At that time, it was analog photography. And uh, analog photography helps a lot to learn how, because you have 24 or 36 images on, on a camera roll. So you yes. have to be careful. You have to think about because it's now much easier that you can take a picture, look at it and, and then go on. At that time, you had really to study because if the case is finished and, it's, and the 36 shots have been taken, you had to wait one week to get the, the, the slides back. And maybe it was a good, a good result or maybe not. So basically, uh, this helped me already in the analog days to improve my work a lot because you have to look at it. You have to look through the camera, then you look through it, and then you see, oh, there's some blood there. There's some calculus there. The, the preparation is not looking good, looking through the viewfinder, and then saying, oh, no, I don't waste the slide. I don't waste the shot before the thing is not, it doesn't always need to be perfect, 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 but it has to- Intentionality, prove. having that intentionality to like what you're trying to do and the careful approach of knowing that you had limited numbers that you could do at that point. Yes. So basically, uh, what I want to say with this, before I jumped into digital in 1999, so uh, 23 years ago, I started with digital dental photography. Photography from the very beginning of uh, analog or digital is a tool that helps any dentist to improve his or her work a lot because you have to be focused on what you're doing. You have to think about each step. You don't necessarily have to take pictures of all your patients, but do it from time to time to do a full documentation and learn how to can improve yourself. So this is really one of the key messages on what dental photography can do for the dental profession. Yes, because it's not about the photo directly. It's about that reflective process of you've done the procedure, you've photographed it, you've reviewed it, and you can kind of see from there how you can kind of go on. I mean, I, yeah. I compare it, I compare it always. And this is an analogy that I, I really love to tell people. We in the dental office, we use x-rays every day. Yeah. And this is to look inside the patient. You check your endo treatment if it's okay. You, you, you might even check if your implant crown is sitting in position. So this is a tool we are all used to. Photography is looking from outside, but basically in many, in, in many instances has the same, the same task, the same philosophy of checking your work. Is it okay? Is it good? Can I improve it? What everyone is doing with the x-rays, I, I tell everyone out there, what, you are, what all of you are used to do on a daily basis with x-rays should also be part of your workflow with photography. 
Now, that makes complete sense. And in your past, you were, you know, editor of a very prestigious journal. So you came across a lot of photography and saw a lot of great dentistry. So obviously, one of the biggest steps for a dentist going from like doing single tooth treatment to doing more comprehensive cases and doing more cosmetic cases, which is what a lot of dentists want to be able to do. But they sometimes struggle with like how they go from where they are now to having patients that accept these kinds of work or even to start doing cases that could go to journals. Photography is, is quite important in that regard. So tell me about how could someone start implementing that within the practice and what sort of changes could they kind of see as a result of, you know, Im- implementing photography? First of all, there are two ways of uh, implementing photography in your daily practice. One is the like the point and shoot procedure, I call it. I, I recommend taking initial pictures of as many patients as possible because yeah. this is like the the, the saying, you, you only have one chance to make a first impression. <laughs> so you only have one chance to take an initial picture. Yeah. As soon yeah. as you touch your patient, the initial situation is gone. So this is, this is the, I, I call it the everyday point and shoot photography. Yeah. New patient is coming in and is complaining about uh, tooth position, whatever, then say, okay, let's take one or two shots. It, it doesn't at that point need to be a full status or whatever. Do it. And that can also be done using a smartphone if you're struggling, if you're struggling with investing in equipment. Although today, a dental photography equipment costs less than all the smartphones people are are buying, you know, a a high end smartphone is 1,500 with uh, and and for that price, you already get also a high quality camera with a little bit more more possibilities than just a smartphone. I'm I'm not against smartphone photography, but uh, it's good for for beginning, for exactly. experimenting, and also for monitoring and doing doing uh, doing your first steps in dental photography. But if you get passionate about, I think uh, sooner or later you will realize that buying a, a good camera for uh, makes sense to enhance it. So let's go back. Basic thing: point and shoot photography. Uh, as a starting point to get a lot of initial documentations of of teeth and also of portraits of your patients yeah. and then and then you need to schedule some time to take pictures the picture taking a picture even if you're good takes some a few seconds or at, at the end a few minutes of the whole treatment so you have to plan you have to plan ahead that if you want to make a documentation that this will increase the time you need to treat your patient. And this has to be then managed in your daily workflow, in your agenda, that you say, okay, now I have a patient, maybe I'm uh, I'm discussing with this patient about a potential aligner treatment or yeah. veneers or whatever. So it's important to take the time. The most important part of what you were asking, how to go the next step to get more let's say a little bit more interesting dentistry also in your office is being a good consultant to your patients and being a good consultant is also using images, showing the patient. Maybe you have also from the past over the time, you have some cases you have collected showing your expertise to your patients. And by doing this and taking the time, it's like showing technology to the patient impresses the patient and makes him feel that you are a, a dentist that is at the edge of technology. No, I agree. 
And I think the key thing is like taking the time to do that and slowing down a little bit. So like you said, someone who's just starting out, if they don't have an SLR yet, they could use a tablet or a smartphone initially. But the, the point is to take the images. Now, talk me through how you would engage the patient with the photos. So let's just say, for example, new patient came into your practice. They um, aren't aware of any issues, but you can see tooth wear, you can see crowding, you can see different things. Talk a little bit through like how you would use photography and what you would show them on it and how you would spark a discussion. Because I think that's interesting. People like to know how you think and, and, and how those conversations might start. Basically, you ask the patient before you take any pictures, what what's what they think is wrong with their smile or with their appearance okay. and then you you might have a patient in front of you with discolored teeth and crooked teeth and say oh i'm feeling happy uh, yeah. so that's uh, one answer you get ah you, you you want me to do veneers but i'm already married you know <laughs> so <laughs> okay <laughs> it's not it's not that you need that you need a hollywood smile to get uh, to get married but um, you see the how people are putting value on certain things. So basically it's important before, and this is a mistake a lot of young dentists are making. They start saying, hey, Alok, let's do a smile design. I was I attended this workshop and I can do, and now we do this 20 pictures, we do the interval scan, we do the CBCT, and at the end you lose time. Maybe you, you have to do this, but before starting this time-consuming procedures, just ask some questions. So make the yep. patient feel comfortable, put him in the chair upright, not laying down. Maybe even if I see that the patient doesn't feel well in the chair, I go with him to my small office I have. I have a small room, then we can sit there. I tell people, okay, do you want a coffee? Do you want a tea? And maybe in the first, first uh, thought you say, wow, he's losing time. He's losing time, but takes you 15 minutes. It's not hours. It takes you 10, 15 minutes to feel if the patient wants something or doesn't want or doesn't need anything. And if you feel that in this relaxed situation, the patient is much more ready to accept the next steps. And yeah. then you explain to the patient, it's not just overrolling the patient with, now we have to do, we have to take 20 pictures, we have to do this and this and this. Hey, it's only 500, 700, 1,000. I, I even know people who are charging 2,500 for an initial consultation. Well, okay, if, you, if you're living in Hollywood and Beverly Hills and people say, I don't care about the money, then it's good. But in a, the average dental office cannot afford being that aggressive with the patient. Yeah. So you have to feel the patient and then lead him. That the in my my mission was always to say, I avoid talking about money as long as possible. No, and I agree with you. Like I think the key thing is making the patient aware. Like um photography is a great tool for that. One concept that we I've always used and also that we still use in our photography communication is digital risk screening, right? So you talked about like talking to a patient who Maybe they aren't aware of wanting to improve their smile cosmetically. However, I generally find that people are more receptive to functional changes or health changes. And the question is, if they're understanding that the current position or form or whatever's going on is impacting that change. So I'll give an example. If you're doing a photo of the palatal aspects of the teeth or like the lower incisors and you show, look, 
Can you see how this area is wearing down and this becomes a bit shorter? This is showing increased risk of tooth grinding or this is showing increased risk of a thinner type of gum. Do you use discussions like that to like raise awareness sometimes? Like, um, to Absolute, help abs, abs, absolutely. And I combine it then also with intraoral scans. Yeah. So, but again, again, going to this next step that uh, needs some work to be done that also needs to be charged to the patient. I really do do a discussion and talk to the patient, asking him several times, is there anything you want to change? Do you have any problems? Is, is your family, who sent you uh, or what was the, the reason coming yeah. to my office asking me about uh, problems you have? At the end, it might be a jaw problem. At the end, it's uh, the most important thing. Do you have pain? <laughs> so, <laughs> so before we start talking about, uh, oh, oh you, should, you should do some bleaching. So basically, start, start, with, start with the most basic question a doctor should ask. Is everything okay with you? Yeah. You feel good? Do you have any problems? And I also ask my patients, do you have any mental problems? Today, we have a lot of people with depressions. Uh, mm-hmm. all, all this, uh, are, you, are you an anxious person? So this relates then also to bruxism, to yeah. malfunctions. So, so basically, you have to find out a little bit more about the person sitting in front of you. It's important, and this is sometimes a little bit even underrated that you have to treat your patient as a human being. And the more I really try to engage with my patients, asking, uh, how's your family doing? So it's some basic small talk, which at the end, and, and you feel that people also with, with, our, with, with some anxiety, with uh, dental, dental phobia, they get relaxed. So if a patient is sitting in the chair and say, I didn't sleep last night, yeah. You know, then then it's not like, OK, let's start the treatment. Zack! You know, then you need to take some time because this is one of the most important marketing tools you have as a doctor is that your patient feel good with you because yeah. then they start talking to their friends that they have been to an office, to a dentist or to a doctor who was really empathic who was taking the person for serious. So these are really small things that from my point of view, make the difference. And you also said that like, you sometimes take the person into a separate room or in front of a separate screen to discuss it. So I think splitting up the, let's say, the photography and the discussion from the dental chair can be extremely advantageous, right? Because obviously people, when they're sitting in a chair, they think you're going to do something to them. There's that apprehension, there's that fear when they're sat in a normal chair next to a computer screen and you're discussing together, you have their whole attention on what's going on there, isn't it? So you can have a much better kind of conversation in that way. So that's very helpful. Question I had is in types of digital communication you might use the photos for. Do you sometimes follow up patients with annotated images, small presentations, different things like this to help reinforce um, information from the consultation. I'm, I'm interested in how you maybe apply digital photography and additional patient communication. I found that, for example, on my website, uh, I, I reduced my website dramatically. Okay. I, 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 I took it back to a very minimalistic website. Before that, it was like kind of Wikipedia. <laughs> you know, with too much information. And then you have to consider two things. So, uh, and this is also something I learned as editor-in-chief of a journal. People 
first of all, don't read. Yeah. Even doc, even dentists, doctors. So uh, basically, uh, may, maybe we should do an experiment and write a really bullshit article uh, with, with, but with great photography. And I'm sure that nobody will, uh, or a, a great um, a majority would not notice that there's blah blah written there, but nice pictures. Yeah. So they take the pictures and say, "Wow, that's interesting." So basically, what I do in uh, in my practice. It depends on the character you have in front of you. Some people, they prefer just holding the mirror. Other people want more in detail information. So then you might even uh, take your iPad and and scroll through some images. I have some presentations ready to show people what uh, what, uh, different things are. But don't over inform your patients. So my, my feeling is too much information is not leading to the, to the thing. So I also, my website, I use now a, a tool that is basically used for landing pages that is focused on smartphone. So it looks good on smartphone. It's also, it also looks good on a computer, but basically 90, 90% of people are browsing on, on their mm-hmm. smartphone. So it looks cool. What what is my so I'm the dentist.ch. So this was nice having this domain since 1994. And then there's a small video of myself. This is important. People want to see who is treating them. And like you so said, people don't read. Video is much more emotional, much more yes. communicative. So there's a small video that say, I'm welcome to my dental office. Myself and my team, we are so happy to take care of your smile. So if you have any questions, feel free. And I'm looking forward to meeting you in person in my, in my dental office. Then you have a contact form where they can book an appointment and then few slides with some, let's say the, the hot topics. So people want to see about the liners, veneers, uh, implants, so that, that, that you tell them, okay, we are a dental office offering a range of treatments. If I would only offer aligners, there would only be two, three slides showing what what aligners are, and that we that we are specialized in fixing tooth position. That's yeah. it. So basically, the message should be short, concise, yeah. and then it, you get much more engagement than being. A, people can Google if they want to look what what a veneer is or what an implant is. You don't have to show all the details on your right. website. People don't want to see bloody images. This is also a point. If you have a documentation, if you're an oral surgeon or doing a lot of surgery in your office, don't show the bloody pictures to your patient. They they are they get scared about that. So only show them the, the nice thing. Show them the missing tooth and then maybe the implants screwed in without blood after healing. And so they understand the, the procedure, but avoid showing uh, showing, let's say, unpleasant information in your documentations. So that makes sense. And I think what you're talking about is like how to refine your skill as a communicator. Like you're not just a good technical dentist, but you have to be a very skilled communicator in the room with the patient, but then also digitally. Like, you know, you talked about having it on the website, using potentially social media, different elements like this is also very important as well, isn't it? So maybe you could share a little bit about what do you see these are all new skills, right? So this requires like a kind of a growth mindset that the dent, that the person can learn more things, do more things, increase their skill. You've come across like many very high performing dentists and yourself as well included, but you sometimes feel that you've seen that some dentists maybe haven't started on this development pathway beyond their technical skills, right? Like uh, what tips and advice would you have for someone who's thinking, I want to be able to do and offer my patients more comprehensive dentistry, but maybe I'm lacking confidence. Maybe um, I don't know how to communicate. 
I'm a bit stuck. How could someone progress, basically? No, because basically you see it also on social media. So many or a, a, a huge amount of dental accounts are private, but they don't show themselves to the public. And this, this tells a lot about the person. If it's a real private account where you only share pictures of your family, that's okay. But if you have any intention to show yourself what you're doing to the public, either your patients or share information with other colleagues around the world, then you should open up. And I see, and that's, again, the thing that I feel there's a huge demand, a huge potential of coaching that we coach dentists in not only taking pictures, shooting videos, but becoming more confident, improve their communication skills. And this is something I learned over the last three, I basically, I, I lectured a lot already 30 years ago, but basically during the pandemic, I realized the importance of being confident on camera. So I'm, I started doing my morning routine, recording videos every morning, and, and, and it's getting better and better and better. And this is, this is what people are judging you about. How are you communicating? And I really highly recommend to all dentists out there who feel a little bit, oh, I'm not good enough. Or maybe they feel I'm, I'm good, but it stays inside my office. So a lot of dentists are afraid if you ask them, can I visit you in your dental office and look over your shoulder? No, even, even industry, sometimes doctors are complaining that a product is not working. Then the company asks, doctor, can we come with our specialists to your office and just without disturbing you, watch how you do this to find out, no, if I tell you it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Wow. So this is the barrier a lot of dentists have built around themselves and their dental office. And I think we should break down these walls. If yeah. you want to go the next, if you want to do the next steps, you have to go out of your trap. A lot of people today, are, they, trap you, they trap themselves and wonder why people left and right are surpassing them, are more successful. And you think, why is uh, this guy uh, next door taking all the nice patients and myself, I'm sitting here with, uh, oh, I don't know, only with the emergencies and nobody else is joining me. So stop, stop hiding yourself. Stop building up walls around yourself. You have to break down the walls, learn, improve your skills on, in communication, in, uh, in becoming, becoming a better consultant. And because consultation communication is a visual tool. That's exactly. why photography and videography are the key elements to transport, to transmit this information to the outside. And the outside is not only the patients, but it's also the public. I think as a dentist, it's also important to create an image in your area that people say, ah, this is a nice guy, you know? No, I, I agree. I agree. And I think that's a great summary. So Alessandro, I know that you've got different resources and for people to learn more about photography, even a community. Maybe could you tell a little bit, a bit more about that? Basically, uh, I, start, I started the whole thing again uh, when, when I was planning the first dental photography conference 2019 in Seville, which was a very nice conference. We planned the next one 2020, but for obvious reasons, we postponed it. We will luckily, we hope so, this September go to Budapest and do the second dental photography conference. So that's when I built a website 
So I have a website where you can get a subscription at a very low fee with all my accumulated knowledge about photography. Then I have my social media account where I share some tips and tricks and so on. And then in between the two is like the individual coaching. And that's a point where I have to be honest, I'm still struggling that there's a huge interest in getting coaching, but really doing it, doing this extra step or doing this requires, or I feel that many dentists are afraid of doing this and uh, I want to encourage them. So I'm now trying to push this a little bit more. It's not only about making money. Honestly speaking, what I charge for my coaching sessions, I could work in my dental office, treat patients, I would make more money, but I want to share my passion. It's more impactful, right? Like if someone is able to change the type of patients that they're able to attract, they're able to change the type of dentistry they're able to do and work um, in a more methodical way, having, you know, in a more fulfilling way, that's really transformative. And it's really nice to be a part of helping impact their patients as well, isn't it, right? Like in that way. So, so for me, basically, it's sharing my experience. <laughs> that's, that's always nice also on social media. You can ha- have high skills, but experience is something you have to make. It, following trial and errors and everything. And I think and now I, I'm at the age that I'm, I, I'm happy to really share my, my experiences with, with the dental community. I feel uh, engagement coming more from the US or South America rather than from Europe. Uh, European, European dentists, uh, they really, I have to encourage them to open up themselves and saying, okay, I'm, I'm a good dentist, I'm a dentist, but let's get ready for, for the future. Let's get ready yeah. for what, what's happening. Uh, big dental clinics are coming. If you don't want to get lost in an ocean full of sharks, you have to learn, you, you need not only to learn to swim, but uh, it's better to have a boat, exactly. <laughs> any other safe place to cross the ocean full of sharks. So basically level up your skills in communication, in photography, and this automatically, besides for sure, taking courses, workshops, trying to stay up to date also with your dental skills. Because one, one thing that maybe summarizes also is, if you do the same thing every day, yeah. you don't get better. It's like if you go every morning with your bicycle from home to your office and it's 10 miles, you do 20 miles a day. But if you just go slowly, you don't have any training effect. You know what yeah. I mean? So you have to do something. That's why I'm always checking my protocols, my procedures, trying to improve or what can I change to make it better or make it more effective more easily for me, more relaxing. So these are the things that are important. So you need to work on yourself, on your on your skills, on everything every day. And at the end, it's more fun. Agreed. Rather than being in a hamster wheel, you know, spinning around. This is not fun. This is not fun. Oh, and, you, and you perfectly described the formula for growth about being intentional about your outcome, setting where you want to go, taking the actions, reflecting on what there is, seeking advice, coaching, guidance to be able to do that better, and then repeating the cycle. So Alessandro, if a dentist were interested in getting in touch with you, where could they find you? There's already the Instagram, but like um, it may be, be helpful to, to say some of the places. Yeah, basic, basically all, all, all the things are connected. That's why I selected the name dentist.camera. That's the domain name dentist.camera. That's the that's the name of my Instagram. That's the name of my Facebook. That's the name of my YouTube channel. So basically 
uh, I tried to brand it a little bit to make it to make it easier to find. Or again, as I told you in the beginning, there's only one Alessandro De Vigo's dentist <laughs> on the planet. So you know the saying: if you are one out of a million, there are one thousand five hundred of you in China. But there's only one Alessandro De Vigo's dentist. Uh, there's there's no not one in China. <laughs> or, or, or India or anywhere else. No, uh, uh, jokes apart, but this is, uh, I build up the community and I really invite or want to motivate more colleagues out there to take this extra step and accept me, accept that I can help them. So I think this is the issue or the problem. They know that not only myself, that there are people out there who could help them to go to do the next step, but they are struggling to accept getting help becoming better it's like uh, you can you can you can play golf at a decent level but if you really want to be become a better player or tennis player or whatever then you need to take some coaching lessons no, that makes sense and that's a brilliant place that where we can we can, we can end for today but so thank you so much for your time and um, people can visit you at dentist.camera and um, wonderful great to talk with you today thank you thank you alok take care and talk to you soon Thanks for joining us and connect with us at www.gobeyondtheclinic.com.